With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety, the podcast from Lighthouse Hockey. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me, as always, via Skype, is my friend Michael Leboff. Uh, Mike, uh, are you excited for the return of Mike Francesa to uh, WFAN? <laughs> I, is it, that's is a rhetorical it question. Yeah. It's, it's really just the funniest. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's just, I, my, friend, my friend put it perfectly. He yeah. goes, there's only one person mm. in the world that can come out of retirement just in time for his summer vacation. <laughs> So is he not going to take vacation? Is that what's what's going to happen? I don't know. I'm yeah. sure he will. I mean, I, he's he can't you can't not let the yeah. man take his summer vacation. <laughs> I, I just thought of it. Have you ever heard of the phrase the an Irish goodbye? It's kind of yeah. like when you just leave a party, you don't say goodbye to anybody, you just leave. Well, yeah. I, I am not Irish, but I am Italian, and I know that an Italian goodbye is not a real thing. But like in terms of of our cultural uh, norms, the Italian goodbye is basically when a goodbye takes longer than the event that you were at. So, like, if you were at a birthday party for two hours, then you, it feels like you spent two and a half or three hours saying goodbye to everybody before you can actually leave. So, like, <laughs> this this feels like Mike is doing a, a, an Italian goodbye. He said goodbye for a year, and then after four months, he's like, nah, you know what? I think I'm going to stay. Uh, the traf- uh, traffic was really bad. I, I got to just stay. And just hang it's so while. good. <laughs> I, I just find it funny that this is such a big deal for like us and and New Yorkers and I mean Neil Best I, I feel like he like lives with Mike Francesa like he's always on him but but like <laughs> if, if you if you drive past even like not even outside of New York and New Jersey like if you drive like further into South Jersey nobody cares like it's literally you know if you cross the cross into Westchester and then like cross into South Jersey literally nobody no living human cares. But it's kind of a huge deal. Mike, if you're listening, that's not true. Everybody <laughs> cares from, from sea to sh- shining sea. Yeah, uh, I'm sure Mike is listening to this right now. Well, if he is listening, he's in for a treat because uh, this is a pretty special episode. Um, the Islanders have had a really, really quiet week. Nothing has happened at all. Everybody is still have, has a job. <laughs> no, Nobody's made any moves. Um, you know, the other teams are making moves. Minnesota Wild fire, fired their GM, Chuck Fletcher. Uh, a couple of coaches got canned. Bill Peters essentially got – he just left. He just up and left Carolina and went to uh, 
uh, Coach Calgary. So um, teams are making moves. The Islanders are not among them. So <laughs> uh, the uh, the draft lottery is this Saturday. We're going to talk about that towards the end of the uh, the show. We're going to talk about their odds uh, for both of their first-round picks, theirs and, and the Calgary Flames. Uh, and, you know, I, I mean, just kick around a couple of names of guys that I know are available, although I haven't really put all that much thought into it. Um, but we're going to spend a good time doing something that you and I both wanted to do a while back when it was first announced. But um, uh, Stan Fischler has uh, officially retired. This was his last year. He announced it towards the end of the season. He retired from from TV work, or he had been on MSG forever, uh, doing mostly Islanders games lately. But he'd done Devils. He'd done Rangers. Uh, and Stan is a guy who who you and I both uh, hold very near and dear to our hearts. We were both interns for him part of a very large and very diverse army of interns that he's had over the years uh, being because it, it, it takes a lot of people to be the hockey maven. Stan is the hockey maven, but it takes a lot of help. And uh, we were there. And so we want to pay tribute to the man uh, and all of his great works. Uh, he won't be joining us. You and I had dinner with him the other day, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it was great. And we should have recorded it, but we didn't. Uh, but we had a good time. It would have been not safe for work anyway. So in a way, probably, <laughs> probably for the best. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna sit and uh, we're gonna talk about Stan for a while. That ought to be fun. Yeah, it should. I, I was just thinking about like so. The funny thing is, uh, I was walking up. Stan lives up, you know, like just below Harlem, and uh, so I was walking up at Amsterdam Avenue, and uh, I was I thought I was a little early because we said we were gonna meet him for dinner at six. So I was like, all right, I'll just you know walk up and down the block, and just it was a nice day, and just take it in, and there, <laughs> I get like two blocks past the restaurant that we were gonna meet at, and. I just see this, you know, you know, older looking dude. He's wearing he's wearing a denim jacket with uh, not denim sleeves. I don't know what the terms <laughs> of put it would be, but, but and, and I just could I could from I have really bad eyesight even with like like glasses and contacts. And I'm just looking and I'm like, I think that says the hockey news on that. I'm like, oh, look, it's it is at Stan. And he's just sitting there on his phone, which looks like a burner phone. And yeah, um, yeah. he's if you're still wondering out there who's using the flip phone. Stan is keeping the flip phone alive. I think it's yeah, pretty he sure awesome. Is. It looks and, great and, on him. Yeah, and you wouldn't have it any other way. Like he has right, to. Exactly. Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And and I and I like walk up and I see him and he goes, he he's on the phone talking to somebody. I think his friend in Florida who is an Islanders fan and a little bit older than than we are. And he goes, uh, hold on one sec. You need to hold on. I have another Islander fan coming, and I want to hear if he thinks that the coach stinks too. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And of course, your answer was yes. Hell yes, he sticks. But yeah, I said. I said that's it. Doesn't even it doesn't even begin to scratch the surface, yeah. Stan. That's pretty funny. Well, my end of that story was I was the last one there, and I thought I was the first one there. So I stood outside for about ten minutes while you guys were inside watching me stand outside before Stan sent the waiter to c- come out of the door and tell me that you guys were already in there because you you had finished having your fun. So there you go. Yeah, we, uh, we, I was, I, tr- I tried to get up and he goes, sit down. He'll, he's going to come. He'll find us. And we, we were, yeah, we were watching for like a good yeah. five minutes. That's, um, and it's actually, that's a pretty apt sort of summary for my time as an intern with Stan, where I always kind of felt like, like I was kind of chasing things a little bit. Um, it, it, it's a pretty wild, uh, thing to do for, uh, college credits and some experience in, uh, in, you know, hockey journalism. Um, I, I want you to go first because I want to tell people how we kind of got uh, uh, in there because it's it's sort of – you know, it's funny. Like Stan is such a, an institution in, in New York and, and, you know, you can't be a hockey fan in New York without knowing Stan, whether you love him or you hate him. Like you, you know him. And so it's a weird thing when all of a sudden like you're working for him, uh, you know, for like, again, college credits or, or you know, just to get the experience. And um, it, it's it's funny that he's very like – you would think that a person like that would have that sort of like detachment – you know, and not talk to people, but Stan is a, is a very much a man of the people. And you go up to him and you talk to him and you say hello. He'll ha- he's happy to talk to you. And like I, I was an intern for him in the ninety seven ninety eight season. I would have thought he easily would have forgotten about me all these years later. But uh, that is not the case at all. He's still uh, he's still just as friendly and and you know he he talks to you and he wants to know your opinions. Uh, he wants to know everybody's opinions basically. Like like you said on the phone. Like you know he'll just, he's the kind of person who hands you you know just stop a phone call and ask you what your thought is and you know you're just like uh, and then if you say it he will either argue with you or be like yeah i guess that makes sense you know so so uh how, how did you get your internship with stan um i was actually on twitter uh like two in the morning in college and um <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah i saw someone like quote tweet or retweet 
whatever you could do back then and say like, hey, yeah, this is a really good opportunity for anybody out there. And I emailed, sent the email like that night. I was like, yeah. all right, I better, you know, get on this before they get flooded. And uh, <laughs> the next day I got an email back from somebody and they said, you come in and uh, we talked about the Islanders. He said he had a Devils guy and a Rangers guy at the time. So he needed an Islanders guy. And I told him, yeah, I would, of course, you know, love to be go to Islander games with him. And yeah. Uh, then the lockout happened. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah. So uh, he's like, you know, why don't you take the summer? Um, I, I like just found random work. And uh, it's September. Like I just, my job allowed me to kind of do it. And um, we reconvened in September. And he said, when they come back and if, if they do just, uh, you know, hit me up. And hmm. I did. And uh, yeah, so I did the lockout year with him uh, when they made the playoffs. That's cool. Wow, see, that's awesome. Because <laughs> uh, my year, uh, the Islanders stunk, uh, uh, but it was the uh, it was the year that they it was in a typical Islanders year they they stunk, but it, things were very eventful. Um, I got the internship before the advent. Well, actually, the the internet was a very young thing at the time, and uh, I got the, I found it the old fashioned way in the hockey news. I I was working in I was in college. I was working at Barnes and Noble in uh Massapequa at the time wow. and uh yeah and I used to uh eat my lunch in the break room and I would grab a copy of the hockey news from the rack bring it back to the break room devour as much as I could while I ate my lunch and then put it back on the rack so I wouldn't have to pay for it uh and I just saw this ad in there for interns for Stan Fischler hockey I was like boy that's kind of weird so I called him and and he picked up the phone and I was like uh, uh yeah I didn't know what to say but um <laughs> I said enough to to get an interview and uh, talk with him. We walked around his neighborhood, which is at the time up near Columbia uh, University, and um, we walked. And I don't, I don't. The whole thing was a complete blur to me. I kind of blacked out, I guess. And whatever I said, he he brought me back. And um, that was the year that, I mean, for the Islanders, um, yeah, I guess we had a we had a Devils guy. We had a couple of people kind of rotate in and out, but we had a Devils guy and and uh, and a Rangers girl. And uh, and me and a couple of other Islanders guys too, but um, that was the year that they traded for Trevor Linden. And uh, no, no, I'm sorry, that was the that was the year before. Yeah, no, that was the year they traded for Trevor Linden. Um, and uh, they looked like they could have been a playoff team, and they actually came uh, sort of close, but before about a week or so left in the season, and it fell apart. But uh, I will always remember that that was the year the Washington Capitals went to the Cup Finals, and I remember at one point in a quiet moment telling Stan. I can't believe the Washington Capitals are in the Stanley Cup Finals, and it was just a very surreal, <laughs> surreal moment. So, um, so uh, I mean, yeah, I remember that Cup Finals because I was in the city for one of the games. Uh, we were in New York City, and I remember just asking to watch the game. We were, I think, we were out to lunch or dinner, and I was like, "Can you turn on the hockey game?" And like eighteen different people looked at me like, "What the hell?" <laughs> You mean on the radio? It's not on TV, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't. I think the Rangers might have missed the playoffs that year too, or maybe they did and they got bounced early. But yeah, that was a really weird. I mean that that was just and that team was. I mean, I don't want to call them the over the hill gang, but that was an old team, man. They had like Esatikinen. I mean, there were so many forty year old guys in that team. It was like a you know, it was like a a media softball game. Like there was just so many old people, um, <laughs> but it was like a bunch of guys who you thought, oh yeah, that's cool. They're in the Cup final. Adam Oates, Phil Housley, like you know, the, uh, Brian like Joe Bella, Juno, Joe yeah, Joey Juno, Juno uh, yeah, you know, guys. Uh, Oli Kolzig was the, he was out of his mind that oh, year. Yeah, like, he was great. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, then they you know like oh wow, that's pretty good for them. You know, uh, George McPhee, that was his first year as general manager, and. They were they were wearing the. It's a shame that they were wearing like those blue eagle jerseys because those were like, I, I liked them, but they weren't really. I like love Cap's jerseys. Yeah, you know? um, but I will always you know, uh, equate those jerseys with that trip to the finals. But then, you know, after after you realize like, wow, that's pretty cool, good for them. They made their finals and the, they made the finals for the first time. You realize, oh shit, they're gonna play these guys, the Red Wings that just won the cup, and they're gonna obliterate them. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> it was not a competitive. Cup final whatsoever, um, but so uh, so again, like you, you know, you you were there. You worked with Stan probably a decade or so after I did. So I, I think that our our duties were very similar. But like, what are the sort? I mean, I know it's a long time ago now, but like, what are the sort of uh, things that you would do sort of on a typical day 
with Stan. There's there's lots of like you know pick up the, the phone conversations and stuff, but we also did a lot of writing too, right? Yeah, yeah. So basically, he puts out a, a newsletter. So um, it's called the Fischler Report, and it's you know it goes all over the place, like all these GMs, yeah. whatever. And it's basically like a four page pamphlet on you know what's going on around the league interviews and such uh so we i was contributing to that for a little bit but uh he he kind of figured out quickly like what what i was there for and which was <laughs> to basically go to islander games with him and <laughs> so i would go pick him up in the city i would you know leave work drive pick him up turn around drive back to the coliseum we talk about the islanders yeah. and within like two Sorry, Jimmy is uh, squeaking his ball over there. Uh, we'll fight through it. So, yeah, he uh, like within like two games, he uh, he figured out like, all right, like this this kid is probably just, you know, a big fan. And I, so I started helping out with the MSG broadcasts more than anything mm. and writing his like pregame cue cards, helping out with the pregame scripts and doing interviews and such. Uh, and I didn't go to the press box. I was supposed to. Uh, I would just watch, you know, there's nobody at the games really. So I would just watch, uh, you know, in, in a seat. And uh, that's I one remember thing the, we definitely had in common during most of our, our times yeah. there, despite the uh, the time difference. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And uh, I just remember because like the the second game of the season, uh, I think was the, the whatever the game that Lubo Visnowski came like the first his first game. Okay. The Islanders had a really good game. And, and I was basically cheering in the press box <laughs> and luckily there was a, you know there's no coverage there yeah. so it was just basically me cheering by myself and mm. i caught myself before like any press people got mad at me for doing so <laughs> and uh that was it i banished myself to like section 333 <laughs> that's pretty funny uh i spent most of the time because stan doesn't even stand in the press box stan usually stands in like the zamboni uh area over there so i would always end up there uh and a couple times i would like sit in a seat you know, at the end of the of the rink, and this was before the netting. It feels like it's a hundred years ago, but this was before the netting on the ends of the seats. And so, uh, one time was a game against the Blues, and I remember this because the morning of that game, uh, I had uh, I forget what what he was working on. It was I, I don't I think it was the Fischler report, but it might have been something else. Um, he had me interview a whole bunch of of the Blues, and again, that was just like the Capitals that year. That was a team full of like old guys, but they were really really good old guys. So it was. McInnes, Hull, Fuhr, a bunch of – that was a really good team, man. Dom is going to hate when I say this. That was probably <laughs> probably had some high hopes for that team. But yeah. that was a really, really good team. And um, I forget what Stan was working on, but he had me interview a bunch of them. And I'm a huge Al McInnes fan. I actually have a, a Flames McInnes jersey in my, my closet right now. That It's like my <laughs> nice jersey. And uh, so I got to talk to them. And uh, Grant Fuhr is a little guy. I mean, he's, a, he's a small man. I didn't realize he was that, that short. But uh, it was great. And so, you know, that was in the morning. And then at night I'm watching the game. And, of course, the Islanders are getting just roasted by these guys who are really good. And uh, some, some St. Louis player takes a slap shot from the blue line. And Eric Fischo was the goalie for the Islanders. Oh, and yeah. He, he goes to make the save. And it kind of like he kind of gets a piece of it. So it tips off his glove. He takes just enough off of it. That it slows it down, but it still ends up over the glass, which again had no netting. And uh, who does it hit square in the head? Yours truly. I was sitting about six rows <laughs> up. My forehead was like parallel to the glass, and boom, it hit me square in the noggin. And I was like, oh, I, I went down for a second. And the guy behind me picks up the puck and gives it to his kid. And I was like, what? That, that hit me in the head. Anyway, so I went down. Of course, Stan missed the whole thing. I went, I just got hit in the head with the puck. He's like, did you get the puck? I'm like, no. <laughs> what do you do? He's like, ah, oh, forget it. Forget it. <laughs> Let's get out of here. So we left. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. So um, I um, I I did that stuff too. Uh, again, it was the early days of the internet. But um, I uh, one quick thing about the Fischler report too. I made a huge mistake. Uh, I made two huge mistakes. One, I misspelled Lamorello in a story one time. That was not a good idea because uh, he's one of the guys on the on the <laughs> list that gets the Fischler report. So that wasn't good. And um, and then the other time was I did a story on a, a company called Public Label Brands, who are the guys that make. Um, like athlete branded food, they made. They were the guys who made the Mario Bar and the Yager peanut butter. And when I was there, they made Casparitis crunchers, like pickles and a bunch of other foods. And so again, public label brands. It's a, you know, it's a pretty cool name. Well, when you take the L out of public, it becomes pubic label brands, and that's how it went out in the Fischler Report. <laughs> and that was my fault. So there you go. I'm, you know, it's funny how you remember these things. But um, yeah. I also helped him uh, work on a lot of books. Did you help him like work on any books while you were there, or? Yeah, we did a couple, like some some trivia books. Um, yeah. I think he did a, a book on like, um, 
like the hundred like weirdest moments or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Stuff yeah. like that. And uh, I mean, the research was always crazy. I mean, it's, right. it's Stan's, Stan's apartment is basically just, a you know, it's a standard, you know, New York City apartment with 800,000 books oh in God. it. Yeah. And, and he's written half of them. Like, that's the thing. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah, you yeah. pick up a book and it, and it says like you know the New York subway history and you're like oh this is interesting you pick it up and it's just like by Stan Fisher uh, okay <laughs> so I helped him work on that book that's actually one of the ones that he was doing he was doing a bunch of books when I worked there and that was one of them uh, and that was really interesting and like you going I was going through galleys of like the subway and I, you know like a lot of people I didn't know Stan was into the subway I knew him from hockey I didn't know he was into the subway. But he is as knowledgeable about the the history of the New York City subway system as he is about the NHL, and uh, it was pretty interesting to learn all that stuff, uh, you know, about like these secret tunnels that that still exist in the city that they've closed off, and it's like you know you want to go check them out. I wish there was. Yeah. He does tours too. I think. Yeah, he does. And and somebody told me they're like, oh yeah, Stan, he for, he's forgotten more about the subway system and hockey than you'll ever learn. I go, that's not true because the dude has never forgotten a thing in his life. <laughs> yeah, no, that's he's true. Insane. Yeah, he never forgets anything. Uh, it's it's it is remarkable, and that's why you know it's funny. Like it's almost like the you know doing research for a stand book is like him writing stuff, and then you just sort of fact checking what he's already written because he knows everything, and you just kind of like make sure that everybody's names are spelled right and and the numbers are right. Um, I helped him work on uh, a book about the Philadelphia Flyers, which was really interesting. Um, a book called Ultimate Bad Boys in which I got to interview Ken Baumgartner and Rich Pilon at their homes. That was pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> you know, you, you watch Rich Pilon for years, like literally rearrange people's faces on the ice, and then <laughs> you go to his house. First of all, you, you make the appointment to interview him in the locker room after a game, and, of course, he's stark naked, and you're trying not to you know, look like a, like a noob rookie idiot <laughs> talking to this, this man who is naked. and like, hey, can I come to your house and interview you for this book for Stan Fischler? Um, but you know, I did that. <laughs> I go to his rich Pilon's house and, uh, it's like, it's like com- complete. He had, his kids were really little back then. And the place is like totally decked out in kids toys. And you're just like, this is not what I was expecting. And now of course, you know, years later, my house is the same exact way t- totally decked out in kids toys for, for my daughter. So I thought that was kind of a funny thing. Ken Baumgartner also a very, very nice guy. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's yeah. funny that that reminds me of a, of a quick story about, so my first like day with him was basically like a test mm. run and it was the season before the lockout. It was in March and that was like the Jay Pandolfo year. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And I remember Stan oh, goes, yeah, yeah. it's like, he's like, <laughs> can you just, what I want you to do is basically just go ask Jay Pandolfo, like get three quotes from him that we can use. And that, that was it. Like very, he's like right. very easy. And I walked in and I just remember being totally unprepared <laughs> For the fact that, you know, nobody wears clothes in these locker rooms. Yeah. So I go in and I have it. Yeah, there's Jay Pandolfo yeah. in his glory. And yeah. it's just like, hey, I got a couple of questions I need to ask you, Jay, if you don't yeah. mind. <laughs> even though even though even though you don't know who I am and um, right, yeah. it's not not thrilled that you're on the team right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're ruining the how, how does it feel to ruin the uh, prized rookie that they uh, yeah exactly in? um yeah the first interview i did was in the again in the bowels of nassau coliseum it was adam oates and like i there's people standing around him and i see his head you know sort of poking in between them like oh there's adam oates i walk over there he's just wearing a towel like that's it he's just in the locker room in the, in the hallway wearing a towel and i'm like okay <laughs> this is my new reality now i guess i have to get used to it but um but yeah the, the thing about stan's internships is that you know when he when he's determined that that he wants you to be that person. He's incredibly trusting. And like he's <laughs> this is what makes Stan's internships great and fun and scary as hell because I, I mean I know exactly what you're talking about. He's like, go go talk to this guy and get this thing. And it sounds so simple, but like when that guy is Brett Hull, you're just like, what the hell am I supposed to say to Brett Hull? Like I don't even like the the assignment <laughs> completely flies out of your mind because you're like, oh my God, this is Brett Hull, which is at that point you realize that maybe hockey journalism isn't for you. Like, you know, it's like you're just <laughs> yeah. like, holy cow, I can't talk to Brett Hull. This is a problem. Um, but, you know, you have those moments and you have that those cool, you know, things that you're just like, there's no other way to get this experience. And now here's the point where I say that this was an internship. We made no money. <laughs> uh, you know, this is the thing that we do now. It's, uh, you know, we're, we're doing this podcast now for no money. In fact, it costs us money to have this podcast. Uh, it's this kind of thing. My mom never understood the concept of working 
and doing all this stuff for no money uh, while the entire time I was I was working with Stan and the entire time I got my Islanders internship that I got from Stan later on. We'll talk about that in a little while. But, um, you know, that that experience I would never trade for a million years. And, and I know no, that absolutely not. There's, there's absolutely an argument that you should not give your time for free and, you know, you should value yourself and value your your you know, work. And that's all wonderful. And I, I encourage people to, to hold those values dear, but I absolutely would have done this a hundred times out of a hundred <laughs> for no money. It doesn't really yeah. matter. It was just too yeah, great. It, it was funny. So same thing. Uh, first of all, like there's such a bad stigma around internships now as they're, you know, rightfully so. Um, but that was, it was like more of a, like an immersive experience. I don't yeah. know, it, you know, like when you think of an internship, you're like thinking like, Oh yeah, like here you are sitting at a desk, basically doing like kind of tedious tasks, you know, whatever. And this was not, this is like, this was like what an internship should be. Like it was like, it was, it was a great time. And actually I would think that my ROI on the internship was pretty good because a, first of all, like you was like, we were saying you go to every game. And then yeah. second of all, I, we got these press passes and, and I had kept my, uh, I became good Instead of making connections in like the hockey media world, which, you know, you should do in an internship, I was like rubbing elbows with the ushers and the security guards at Nassau Coliseum to the point where they thought basically like this kid probably just works for the Islanders. And so the next season started, I still had my, you know, daily uh, credential and I would just walk into the – and my internship was over, obviously. I'd walk into the Coliseum and I'd see my favorite security guard. I'd say hello. And then I'd go stand with Maddie, the usher, and watch the game literally That's from awesome. the walkway in the Coliseum. And I did that for from that point on until the Coliseum closed. Th- I they, just they didn't just change the press in. pass. Like they no, they did. Oh, oh they sure oh, you did. Just but, didn't need one. But, <laughs> yeah, nobody would. No, no. It, it's I would bring it, and no, they would. You know, once in a blue moon, if like the security guards I knew weren't there, they would check it and be like and i'd be like oh can i just see your credential and i'd show it to them and it would say like 2013 season and they just didn't really care they're like like who who in their right mind would sneak you know forge a press pass to, to an islander game in february so yeah. yeah walk right in and and i would honestly like there i took some pictures that the last home game uh against the capitals that game six hmm. i wore an islanders windbreaker so I was basically pretending to be an ice crew guy, and I was like walking around on the I was walking around on the ice and on the bench before that game. Yeah, that's funny. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a good. That was a good time. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Like that's yeah, those are the people. You, I mean, when I was I was working with him, I, I made friends with the people that were Islanders interns. Like they they were the people that worked for the team for no money, you know. And those were the people that I hung out with and and talked with, and and a bunch of ushers too. Um, but yeah, that I, like you said, I mean, this was not like a joke, like you, you did a lot of work. And like I said before, he's incredibly trusting with really huge projects, you know? So like he was writing a column for the hockey news at the time, again, where I saw the ad in the first place and, uh, you know, he would have you do the research for it and help him write stuff. And just, you know, it was like a big deal and it was a lot of work, uh, and it was pretty wild. And, uh, I got to spend a lot of time. I went to a lot of Islanders games, obviously, uh, but I went to a lot of devil's games too. And in fact, the first NHL playoff game I ever went to was a devil senators game <laughs> that for that year. I think it might've been the first or second year the senators ever made the playoffs. Wow. They played the devils and, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty wild. And I got to do, like you said before TV work, uh, stats work with um, Hockey Night in Canada and, you know, writing some like cute cards and stuff. And so I still have my press pass that says HNIC on it, Hockey Night. And I was explaining to people, that's Hockey Night in Canada. That's kind of a big deal. And that was so the you first can play probably again. use that to sneak into like any NHL <laughs> arena. That was that. Like, uh, yeah, of course I belong here. I've been doing this since 1997. <laughs> <laughs> who are you? Uh, don't ask me who I am. Who are you? Uh, but uh, actually, that being said, I, I, at Islanders games, I'm sure you did as well. You know, we filled in for. Uh, uh, indispensable Eric Hornick a couple of times when he uh, wasn't there, you know, and uh, I was a, got to do the broadcast with Howie and uh, and uh, Eddie Westfall at the time. So, uh, oh no, it was, excuse me, it was Joe Micheletti at the time, uh, which was pretty cool too. And I, and then I, I did a game too, uh, a Buffalo game where I did stats for them on the TV, and uh, it's it's pretty scary. But you know, again, they 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 push you into the pool and see if you can swim <laughs> and you better hope that you can. And, and Absolutely. sometimes it's tough, but you can't, you know, it's, it's again, the experience is not, I would not trade it for the world. And it was just so much fun uh, to do I, it. I, I have to say there's one more, there's one more story that I do have to say. And that was in that year. I, I mean, I don't know how many people would remember it, but that year the Islanders were whatever middling 
record. And then all of a sudden, Oposo and Bailey just yeah caught fire, like caught fire. It was really Oposo, Bailey, and Nabokov, really. He just, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the, but that the whole the whole point of that was that. So I was in the locker room after every game, and and there was always like this weird, um, I don't know, like feeling in the locker room, like because. And it, and it could be attributed to Rick DiPietro, basically. <laughs> so Rick DiPietro would be like sitting there holding court with like the media every time they came in, even if he didn't play, like just yeah. sitting there, like doing whatever, talking about, you know, bringing the glory years back. And the, the locker room was kind of on edge. And then all of a sudden the Islanders, you know, send him down or whatever they did that year to DiPietro. Mm-hmm. And you walk into the locker room and, and everybody is just talking and they're they're talking about how great they are. And that that Oposo, mm-hmm. Bailey, Nabokov, when those guys really caught on, it was coincided directly with That's with, funny. with wow. like rick going down and i just remember <laughs> the, the change it was like going from a locker room where it was they were playing you know yeah. some sad like orchestra music mm. to all of a sudden you're walking in and there's just mu- like techno blaring and <laughs> matt martin's like dancing without any clothes on it's just like very it was like i don't know what yeah but yeah so take that for what it was and, yeah uh, i mean i i believe you and i totally can see that happening uh yeah that's that's pretty wild uh i i just remember the coliseum locker room being so damn small and uh the devil's locker room at the the, the old brendan Byrne arena continental airlines at the time was like three times the size and i was like holy cow really this is like this is what it's supposed to look like as opposed to the coliseum um but yeah, that's pretty. Ken Danico uh, complimented me on my tie one time. So there you go. I was wearing a tie that looked like Operation, the old board game Operation. And I went to go talk to him and he went, hey, nice tie. And I was like, thanks, <laughs> Dano. Awesome. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it's uh, I mean, it's that kind of stuff that you, you can't get anywhere else. And, you know, and Stan picks up on that. You know, Stan is he will tell you, you know, who this who does who's a you know, cool guy to talk to, who's not, who's tough to talk to. And um, and it's just uh you know, he has you do so much. And then, you know, you get to meet him as a person. You get to learn about him in his sort of, you know, he's not always the maven when he's on, like he is on TV. And you learn about his, his various menagerie of animals like Slava the turtle. Oh, yeah. Slava is, Slava is something. He's a legend, Slava. Slava. Uh, named after Slava Fatisov, the great, the great devil's defenseman. Um, I hope that's public information that we are allowed to uh, disseminate there. I don't even know. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Um, but he has a, he had a turtle, he had an iguanas, uh, he had a dog at the time too. And, uh, you know, he just loved to run and, and he, he's, uh, he always knew about great restaurants around the area there. And, you know, it's just, it, again, those, those car rides were like the, the times when you could just get to know him as a person. And he's just a very generous, fun, I mean, he's, he's incredibly funny. I mean, everybody always says oh, yeah. the jokes and they're corny, but man, some of them that, are, that's, I always say that about like. You know, sure, there are some horrible, horrible hockey analysts, and and we, you know, two of them are on TV basically right now. <laughs> I was gonna say, wait a minute, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but there's like, right now, you know, people, there's like that, and I'm part, you know, I I think so too. You know, we we should get better kind of insight and you know smarter analysis, but at the same time, we're watching these games to be entertained and stand kind of the last of a breed where he will do and make a fool out of himself to entertain you like he's a showman 82 times a year and that is now not the case like if you think of someone like elliot friedman if elliot friedman put out something you know um, i need an intern Hmm. he would get you know the top j school graduates from (laughs) you know every good college around right Hmm. whereas stan puts out something and he's just like he's not looking for someone who's saying yeah i'm coming from you know to syracuse or missouri journalism school i'm just he's like he's just looking for somebody who would will drive him and talk to him and not you know and will like let him be a kook for and be himself and 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 that's that's the difference he wants people that love the sport and you know (laughs) when we had dinner with him the other day he 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 like he like uh, we, it was like game show time. Like he drilled us, and he the first question out of his mouth was, "Do you like hockey?" And the two of us looked at each other like, uh, "Well, sometimes it depends." <laughs> We're Islanders <laughs> fans, so it really depends on the day. But uh, but yeah, no, Stan. And the funny thing is, when you say that, you're 100 percent right. Like he's he's definitely entertaining. He's always entertaining on TV. The funny thing is, he almost wasn't even on TV. Like he he his first TV experience was in the early 70s for the New England Whalers. I don't know if a lot of people know that. And uh, he turned it down twice. And then finally, you know, a guy he knew uh, who was a Boston uh, radio or a Boston broadcaster or something convinced him to go on. And like because the Bruins had 
exiled Stan from their locker room because he'd written something about somebody. And so Stan, you know, the the guy was like, but if you go on Whalers Radio, who were in the WHA at the time, uh, or Whalers TV, I should say, they the Bruins would hate this. <laughs> so Stan was like, okay, I'll do that. So uh, <laughs> so he did that for a couple of years. And again, I don't think people realize that. And then he moved over to the Islanders, uh, which is pretty wild. And since, you know, even before then, I was going to say, before that TV exposure, Stan is really like the original hockey hot take artist. And I know that's another thing, too. Like you said, I mean, you know, times have changed and hot take artists is not a good thing nowadays. <laughs> if you're, if ever, if you follow me on Twitter, you know how much I hate Steve Simmons and his particular <laughs> brand of uh, hockey journalism. But Stan was the first guy to really do that kind of stuff and really like take it to people and like literally write out, this guy's a fraud. <laughs> this guy stinks. This guy's no good. This guy's going to get fired. You know, and, and he, he was doing that before anybody was doing that. And, you know, Larry Brooks sort of does that now, but even he and Brooks, again, I should say, I didn't, we'd been talking all this time. We never really mentioned Larry Brooks was one of Stan's interns. Our friend Arthur Staple was one of uh, Stan's interns. Helene Elliott, the great Helene Elliott out in L.A., who's been writing about hockey longer than you and I have been alive. Uh, she was a Stan intern. So, I mean, Frank Brown, who works at the NHL, he was a Stan intern. So there's a ton of people in hockey, both inside the game and, and as journalists that were Stan interns. And they all learned from the best. And he was like the original guy to do that. Uh, and, you know, in a, a lot of ways, people are still sort of chasing him. <laughs> They're not as good at it as he was. Yeah, it is. It's true, and uh, yeah, we just. I wish we had more of him. I, I, I one of one of the, my favorite car rides with him was we we drove home from the Devils Islanders game, and he asked me if I could give his buddy Steve a ride home, <laughs> and I go, oh yeah, sure. I have no idea. He's like, he's on, he's close to me in the city, whatever. So I didn't know who he meant, but he meant Steve Cancellosi. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I, like, whatever. He, he awesome. Steve, Steve was very nice, but he, you could, t- like I was saying, I was joking with my friends. I said. You can tell Steve Cangelosi is a play-by-play guy by the way he gave directions. <laughs> yeah. That's very, that's yeah, funny. very, very methodical. It was very yeah, funny. Right. Yeah, very slow. That's cool. <laughs> uh, we should also mention Shirley Fishler, who uh, was Stan's wife, uh, who passed away a few years ago. Lovely, lovely, lovely lady, and and an amazing hockey journalist on her own. She said she was the first woman in the locker room uh, in, uh, I believe, for the Islanders and a few other teams, and and was a, a great writer on her own, and and just a really, really nice lady. And some, you know, sometimes. Stan could could uh, you know be a tough dude to work for, but Shirley was always there to make you feel like nope, you got this. Don't worry about it. You could take <laughs> care of this, and uh, I always appreciated that. And it was sad to see that she uh, she had to leave us, unfortunately. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was an amazing experience. And um, uh, I don't know if you have a favorite like book or something of Stan's. I, I pilfered the guy's entire library. Like we always got, he always had boxes and boxes of books, and I must have taken home at least one copy of each. Um, and uh, my favorite one, and I was just leafing through it here, and it's it's really good if you could track it down and you're interested in this sort of era. Uh, it's called Crack Dice, and it's really about sort of the NHL in the 90s, which was a really tumultuous time. And it starts with um, John Ziegler, who was the president before uh, Gary Bettman was the commissioner. And it starts with the Don Koharski, Jim Schoenfeld donut incident and how this sort of led to the demise of the John Ziegler presidency. And uh, it's just it goes on and gets really fascinating. It talks about how the Devils almost moved to Nashville, why they were winning a Stanley Cup. Uh, it talks about the the John Spano era, the Bruce McNall era in L.A., where he you know was like this, you know, he made millions on like coins, but it turned out he was a big crook. Uh, and just teams and you know the, the, when the Penguins were gonna get, go bankrupt, when the Lightning were gonna go uh, bankrupt, I think, or maybe this was when they were owned by the Japanese mafia. Uh, the Yakuza owned them. That, I I think this might that might be in here, but yes, that's true. The Lightning were owned by the Yakuza. Uh, please don't come and, and kill my family. You know, it's uh, maybe not the Yakuza, but they were they were owned by some shady Japanese guys. And I, I like video games, so I'm just gonna call them the Yakuza. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, it's a great book. It's called it's called Cracked Ice, and if you can find it, it's it's fascinating. And again, if you're like me and you grew up in that era, it's just like you could just devour it all day it's just amazing and it's written in stan's very conversational style and it's you know from first person perspective the way he was going about things and what he was thinking so it's extra double doubly fascinating like that i don't do you have a favorite book that uh that you i read or worked on with him or something like that uh, i actually yeah i really enjoyed the, the i think it might be the last one he did but he did it with uh, zach weinstock who who i've become good friends with since that um internship and it was just basically about the islanders rangers rivalry and Zach was very, very is that, is good. Is that Metro Ice? Yeah, I think yeah. so, yeah. And Zach was very, very good 
at helping me sneak into games as well. So <laughs> I'm sorry if I'm putting you out, Zach. But, oh, that's cool. But, yeah, but yeah, I would, uh, he would, you know, if, if, if I needed to know where, you know, a security guard was, certain security <laughs> guard was at the Coliseum, he would walk in first because he had a current credential. And That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah, he's written he's written a bunch of books. He did I did one on the on the rivalry. He's done uh, written a bunch of books on the Islanders and and the Rangers and like their greatest players. And he's written a Flakes of Winter about like you know colorful characters and a million trivia books. And um, just just I mean they're all great. Um, what was the other one? Oh man, I can't remember what it was. Now. It's this enormous hockey A to Z book that oh Total Hockey that's what it's called. It was him and a bunch of other different writers, but he was he was the editor. He and Shirley I think were the editors of that book, and it's this enormous tome that's like you know six inches thick and it's like weighs a ton. But that was that was really good too. Um, and yeah, the Subway book is really cool too. So Stan, we thank you, we love you, we wish you nothing but the best in your retirement. Hopefully you'll be back. I'm sure you will because you can't get we can't take the hockey maven out of hockey that long. Uh, right. We've been pushing him to have a podcast <laughs> because it would be flat out amazing uh, and probably not safe for work. But uh, <laughs> we'll see if he can somebody can make that happen. I mean, because I'll, awesome. I'll just tell him, you know, Mike, you know, just pull on Mike Francesa. <laughs> yeah, right. He shows up in December at an Islanders game. I'm back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It'd be beautiful. Yeah, that'd be pretty awesome. Shannon Hogan would probably love it because she she was really uh, sad. Oh, to, yeah. to see him go. But anyway, uh, okay. So there you go. Um, you know, kudos to Stan, the, the hockey maven, for uh, helping us out and, and being himself. Uh, okay, so let's let's move forward a little bit. Uh, the Bruins are three and a half minutes from winning this game against the Leafs, so uh, <laughs> which will end <laughs> conclude the first round of the NHL playoffs. Um, so Saturday is the NHL draft lottery. Uh, probably seven o'clock, but don't take my word for it. I'll check that out. Um, the Islanders have two picks, their own and the Calgary Flames. Right now, the Islanders pick is tenth, and the Flames pick is twelfth. Um, the way it works these days is uh, teams can move up to from anywhere from first, second, or third to first, second, or third. Although the chances of doing that are pretty minuscule, the lower you go down the list. So. Right now, the Islanders have a 3.5% chance to move up to first overall. The Flames have a 2.5% chance to move up to first overall. The Islanders have a 4-point chance to move up to third. Uh, and the Flames have a 3% chance to move up to third. Uh, so basically, they're either going to be picking first, second, or third, or 10th, 11th, 12th, and possibly 13th or 14th or 15th, too, depending on how things shake out. Um, I don't know. What do you What do you think? You, you think this... Uh, do do your does your spidey sense tell you that maybe they could be moving up or no. you think they're probably going to be picking tenth? No, they, I'm actually I have no no hope for them picking any anywhere close to first, but I'm just most interested to see who goes. Yeah, well, you know, usually I think they usually send Ken Morrow, and and that would probably be the right. smart money because yeah. who doesn't love sending, Ken Morrow? Really, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I just like I would crack up if, if they send Gar Gar Snow or Doug Wait to to be there when Bill yeah. Daly pulls out the big envelope because it would just show me like, oh yeah. man, like yeah. they. A, a have still are tone deaf from a PR standpoint, or B uh, and B those guys are coming back. So yeah. great. Um, for, first of all, before I forget, um, Buffalo had they had the worst record in the league, so they have the, the highest percentage of chance to win first overall. They win the first overall now. They have an eighteen and a half percent chance to end up with first overall in the lottery. Ottawa has a thirteen percent chance to move up to first, but they're probably going to pick second. And then Arizona has an eleven percent chance to pick first, but they're probably going to end up third. Um, I think they'll probably send Ken Morrow because as much as we really, really hate the Islanders these days, it's really tough to hate Ken Morrow. <laughs> he's, he's a legacy. It's like Butch, you know, like you can't hate right. Butch. He's just a legacy. You know, those guys are why we're here. So, you know, I'll give him a pass. Um, I could see them sending Doug Waite uh, for his uh, vocal skills, although nobody really gets to say anything at this sort of made for TV event. So, uh, it'd probably be kind of a waste there. He's also not like he's going to say anything anyway. Um, but you, this this whole thing just made me think. You know what would be awesome? And if they did this, then all of it would have been totally worth yeah, it. I know where you're going, and and I agree with you 100. <laughs> Imagine there's all these yeah. chairs, there's all these general managers. And there's one player, and he's John Tavares, and there's James Duthie at TSN, and he says, "Well, we're the Islanders representative today is." Uh, Islanders captain John Tavares. Uh, John, uh, I believe you have an announcement. And he says, yes, I have signed an eight-year contract extension with the New York Islanders. Boom. And then if they don't 
win the draft lottery, who cares? <laughs> because <laughs> they have just trolled the entire NHL on television. That would be awesome. That would totally be worth it. Wouldn't redeem the last season, but it would make the uh, the consternation of the Tavares uh, questioning season absolutely totally worth it. Chance of that happening, much less than the chance of the Islanders moving up to draft first overall. <laughs> but that would be pretty cool. Yeah, it would be. Well, I, would, I would probably just start sobbing. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I could see that. It, it'd be sort of like those, uh, you know, those wrestling videos where somebody comes out and everybody takes your know, videos of themselves. Oh, I can't believe it. You know, it's the Undertaker, like that kind of thing. So that would be pretty cool. Islanders, if you're listening to this, make that happen. Do what you have to do in the next two days. Make that happen. That would be amazing. Like Francesca, if you're listening to this, make that happen. <laughs> he can. He can. He's done. He, he brought Mike sure Piazza. Can. He brought, brought, brought Piazza to New York. So there you go. Anything is possible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So there you go. Um, so, yeah. Check out the draft lottery. Um, I don't know. Anything else? There's really not much going on. The Bruins won this uh, yeah, game. I mean, already, I, so. Yeah, they did win. Yeah. I, I mean, I was just thinking that um, one, of, one of the things that I'm, I'm happy about that's happened in the end despite the inactivity by the Islanders, everybody's still having their job is that the, the Rangers didn't hire Bill Peters because that's who I wanted. You know, that would really make me sad because I think he's a really good coach. Um, and and one of the things that I'm kind of hoping for is that this new general manager of the Wild comes mm-hmm. in and lets Bruce Boudreau go selfishly <laughs> because then I would love the Islanders to hire Bruce Boudreau. And yeah, um, yeah I mean, that's, I, I mean, that's really, yeah, I mean, that's not, not much else that is, going to happen between now besides moves like that and you know uh, it's just very it's it's just frustrating to watch like these like these teams and in the playoffs and yeah know that the islanders don't don't like it's you could be like a a flames fan or something and be like you know the flames could have you know been there and maybe won a game or two or when I when you say it all the time, like we wa- I watch these games and I just get sad because I'm just like the Islanders are not even the same universe as these teams. It's I mean it's it's probably like it's probably unfair to the Islanders, but yeah, the same thought. I mean from the from the moment the playoffs started, I was like, what have I been watching all season? Like the the brand of hockey I've been watching, watching eighty two whatever Islanders games is not this. This is completely different <laughs> than that. Give me your worst playoff game the most boring you know really just lifeless playoff game and i will show you that that game was better than almost any islanders game we watch this year outside of maybe a handful the detroit game the barzell hatrick that barzell hatrick game and any of the five point barzell games um but really it's been completely you know if you weren't sold on the islanders being needing a serious reset already <laughs> watching any of these playoff games should probably sell you on that pretty hard uh, yeah you, i'm just like yeah. this game in, like is a perfect example it finished seven four for the bruins with an empty netter mm-hmm. it was crazy back and forth back and forth and just completely out of the blue that these two teams would you know this this is how a game seven would play out between them mm-hmm. and i'm just sitting here thinking like this is what the islanders games looked like every night it was like <laughs> there were defensive lapses everywhere and right. it was like so yeah. so i, yeah, I was the, very used to the difference is the islanders lost a lot of those games yeah exactly <laughs> the yeah. bruins actually managed to st- stop score the leaps from scoring enough to win the game you know they they actually man- managed to go an entire period without letting uh, letting up a goal and sure enough they won so there you have <laughs> um but uh yeah you know it's it's my thing is and and dom you know mentioned this on in the i think uh the bits this morning about how you know quick leopold isn't really the most likable owner in the world he's the guy who you know talked about the you know why they needed a lockout a year after signing uh parisi and uh, not even a year a few months after signing parisi and suited those monster contracts but it is kind of funny when the owner comes out and says well you know good isn't good enough meanwhile you know chuck fletcher had, had like Six straight years in the playoffs, a couple hundred point seasons, and you know, hey man, they just they got decimated by injuries this year, and a bunch of their better players didn't show up. Like if that if good isn't good enough for these guys, like what are the Islanders doing? Like I don't understand. What what are we talking about? Same same with Bill Peters. Like he was just like, yeah, I'm gonna up and leave, and it's like, okay, like you can do that, really? People can. Yeah, how just weird up was that leave? that a coach had an opt out option? Yeah, I've never heard of that before. But the, me neither. I mean, he's a, he's me neither. a good. He's a good coach and. Uh, he's he's walking into a good situation with the Flames, yeah. except you know I don't think Mike Smith, he might be in the same situation actually because they need a goalie like Mike Smith. He had a great first part of the year, but he broke down because he's six, yeah. 67 years old. So, <laughs> and all that diving really takes a takes a lot out of you. Too, it's good. We're Flames podcast now, by the way. <laughs> oh, don't even 
I don't even I don't even know how what's going to I don't even want to get into it the whole Tavares <laughs> thing but yeah that's that's an option there we'll see what happens yeah, but uh I, you know the funny the thing Adelaide, is I, I thought the Flames sorry. were going to be a good team last year and uh they were not I thought they were going I thought they were going to be good once they got uh you know Travis Hamannick but oh well I thought yeah I thought then the Stars yeah like you said yeah, that's another one too. I mean, same thing. Jim Neal is, you know, is under fire. Ken Hitchcock left. So I mean, I, I'm, I would bet money that Alain Vigneault ends up in Dallas. I know Stars fans don't really want to hear it because he's kind of tired at this point. But I, I could totally see that happening. So yeah, me too. Which would not help them. No, no that's <laughs> t- the Stars. Their Stars. They already got Ken Hitchcock to like kind of set them up defensively, and now Alain Vigneault will come in and just like completely turn them into Ken Hitchcock. Times six thousand, pretty much, yeah. And Tanner Glass coming to Dallas. So, there you go. Oh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that's about it. Um, we will be back, I guess, um, probably in a little while. You know, talk about the uh, the draft and see where the Islanders shake out. Yeah, you know, we didn't even mention the draft picks. Um, I haven't really paid attention, but Rasmus Dahlin, the big yeah, Swedish defenseman, like, it's all about him or nothing. Either. Pretty much, uh, there's a Russian winger named uh, Alexander Sveshnikov. I believe that's his first name, and then there's another kid whose name is hold on i tweeted about him before you'd think i would know what's his name philip zadina uh, another left winger he's from uh, the quebec major junior league probably has some he's, skating he's problems the Czech guy? there's a check yes guy. Was, yes yeah that's him yeah uh, excuse me andre was the last time the was the, uh, i guess martinek right was he the last Czech player i guess yeah well yeah because well uh halak is slovakian so yeah yes so. yeah um, so those are the th- the top three. There's uh, Brady Kachuk is uh, one of the many Kachuks. He plays like a Kachuk. So there you go. There's uh, Quinn Hughes is apparently the big uh, big American. Well, Kachuk is too, but they're two big American guys. Um, there's uh, Joe Valeno is a name we've heard a lot about. I, I don't know anything about these guys. I yeah. keep hearing about <laughs> Darlene is good. If it's not Darlene, and, and the, it, who knows? Yeah, yeah, pretty much so. But uh, we'll let that uh, we'll leave that to the experts and we'll see. And the Islanders probably won't pick any of those guys anyway. So what are you gonna do? <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, tell everybody your your Twitter handle again so they can follow you. The uh, the Big Lebowski with two E's. The Big Lebowski with two E's. You know, I almost dropped a uh, our concerned dude today <laughs> in a work email. <laughs> I kind of regret I did not, but uh, I almost That's did. A, <laughs> just just the thought that counts. Yeah, uh, my Especially boss would. Yeah. Uh, my boss would have appreciated it too. Uh, you can follow me at Culture of Losing. Um, we're both pretty, uh, both pretty uh, negative these days about the Islanders. But uh, you know, what are you gonna do? It is what yeah. it is. So maybe things change on Saturday. You know, try and try and keep a glimmer of hope. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. So cool. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening. Thank you again to Stan Fischler for being the great hockey maven. We hope you uh, hear this and uh, have a great uh, trip to. Uh, either uh, Oregon or Israel to hang out with your, uh, your sons. That's the, the most important thing. And we wish you the best of luck for all of you guys. And uh, thank you for listening. And we will talk to you again some point in the future. Watch the draft lottery this Saturday. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.